1: the world isn't wide enough get immersed in the expansive views of the 48 inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 lincoln nautilus hybrid explore more at lincoln.com some models trims and features may not be available or may be subject to change check with your local retailer for current information lincoln and nautilus are trademarks of ford or its affiliates Hello and welcome to the new edition of the SG Tour Report podcast from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox. We're in December already and this is actually the last full field event on the PGA Tour in 2020. We still have the shark shootout. And then the father-son event, there's so many headlines around that because Tiger is going to be playing with his little boy, Charlie. So, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about that before the end of the year. And as always at Secret Golf, we do our best of podcasts as well. So all of that still to come. But I guess this is the last show of the year in this format where we look at the fields and we look at the course for the Mayakoba Golf Classic and give you our top picks. I love the show this week because, well, every week we... Um There's so much work that goes in behind the scenes. So we start prepping this usually on like a a Sunday where we get the, the new stats from the previous PGA Tour event. Then we have so many phone calls back and forth and we talk about like every little thing. So all the preparation that went into this, we love the fact that we got to talk about some really interesting, exciting names that bubbled all the way up to the top. Now, the cool thing about the Mayakoba Golf Classic this week is that there's some really big names playing. So the headliners like Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, but it's not as easy as just picking those guys and we really tell you why this week. Justin Thomas is the clear Vegas favourite but does he rise to the top of our re-ranking? I'll tell you right now that the answer is no. <laughs> He's near the top but we looked at the stats of the, uh, the past five years of winners and we are maybe in a little bit of a privileged position with it this week because two of our secret golf contributors have won this tournament, Pat Perez in 2016 20- 16 and Patton Kazir in 2017. And in 2015, Russell Knox, my brother, he lost in a playoff. So we've got really good knowledge on the course and the particular stats that generate the results. And then we looked at that for last year as well, with Brendan Todd being the champion. So so much information this week. Then we combine that with Elk's knowledge of the course and the fact that the weather is going to play an important role this week. We're not going to have that tropical sunshine it's going to be stormy and rainy and the course is going to be soft and playing a lot longer so all of that into consideration we have our top 10 guys in the wind zone sizzlers fizzlers and some dark horse picks this week on the sg tour report we missed you last week there was no golf on the PGA Tour with it being Thanksgiving week and now well we're back for a short period of time because this week is the final event on the PGA Tour for the 2020 calendar year joined by Steve Elkington to talk about golf in beautiful Mexico the Mayakoba golf classic presented by Unifin this week Elk did you love this course?
2: I did, Diane. It was, uh, it's actually a Greg Norman design course, um, right on the, right on the water. Um, <clears throat> it's that, it's got that unusual grass on it called paspalum, which is used in a lot of, uh, tourist areas where they can actually water the grass, Diane, with salt water or brackish water to save on the, you know, the water bill. Uh, this is a very interesting golf course. The water comes in, uh, obviously from the shore, but it goes right through this course and sort of has tunnels that go through it and there's mangroves. And each hole is its own particular hole. You're either in the fairway or you're in the uh, little canals on either side with mangroves and so on. This week, we, um, it looks like we're gonna have warm weather, but we're gonna get some rain, possibly Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we've put all that into our special brew. Players will now be able to hit more fairways because the fairways be wider. And we're going to tell you today who we think is going to do the best this yeah, week.
1: Yeah, we, we always talk about paradise golf when we go to Mayakuba. But the weather forecast, as you say, it's looking a little bit dark and stormy. There's going to be some strange wind going on this week as well. But still a great place to go. And with the the whole pandemic and the fact that the season was kind of shuffled around a little bit. This is the kind of last event. We always see it at this time of year anyway. um, Then there is one event, the Shark Shootout, which will follow. And the father-son event, well, we're going to see Tiger and his little boy, Charlie Woods, play. But this is the final full field event. So the fall season being so important to guys to really move up that FedEx Cup leaderboard before Hawaii and everything starts rolling in 2021
2: yeah I mean we look at this field this week, Diane we had a you know we had a disappointing withdrawal from the masters champion, world's number one Dustin Johnson made a statement and said he wasn't going he wasn't ready uh, to be out back on tour yet but we still have some huge names there We've got you know, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and a whole host of other major champs right through the field. every person who's playing this week has different reasons. I think we said to her in our pre-production today I said why is Justin Thomas and yeah. Brooks Kepka there? They're going to be playing in a couple of weeks at uh, Father and Son or Shark Shootout. Um, are they all trying to pick up some late points, Diane, because Dustin Johnson is a runaway train. He won the FedEx Cup uh, just a couple of months ago, and here he is already second in Houston, won the Masters. Is he going to be the guy? They need to get points right now to keep up pace with him because he looks like he's, there's no stopping him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And as you say, he had committed to play in this event, but just said that he needs that kind of rest time and to spend time with uh, his fiance and his little boys. So we've been talking about the name of the course because I said to you, how do you say it? Is it El Camaleon? (laughs) And (laughs) I mean, the
2: Spanish lingo doesn't translate that well to Mexican. El Camaleon. (laughs)
1: El Chameleon. And the the winner's trophy is like a chameleon, which makes perfect sense. Now at Secret Golf, we work with a number of golfers that play on the PGA Tour and they've had a lot of success here. Past champions include Pat Perez, who we are going to talk about a lot today. Patton Kazire as well, another name that you're going to hear about um, in the show. And Russell Knox, my brother, lost in a playoff um, and has had a lot of top 10 finishes here. But... We actually spoke to Pat. It was the week after he had this big win here. We spent time with him in San Diego. And Pat in particular just loves this course.
2: Yeah, Pat Perez, of course, was with me here at the house at the Houston Open. He always plays well here. We're going to talk about um, on this show, what is it about this golf course that keeps making the guys that play well keep coming back and playing well? Not so hard to break in, but the guys seem to – Pat Perez – Um, statistically is the number one player of this course over the last five years in this field.
1: So Pat Perez, who won this tournament in 2016 and in the following year, it was won by Patton Kazire, another guy who's one of our secret golf contributors. Patton's been playing great recently. We saw a great performance from him at the RSM Classic just a couple of weeks ago. So we will be talking about Patton again a little bit later on. So Elk, talking about the course, you've already said that, first of all, we're going to expect some pretty dodgy weather. Um, towards the start of the tournament anyway. And the fact that each hole is its own. It's not like you can miss one fairway and and hit another fairway. So driving accuracy is gonna be important this week.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, it will be less important than a couple of other statistics over the last five years, Diane, 20 under par has roughly won this event. And you kind of, you kind of re- uh, expect that when you go to a kind of a resort style. They don't keep the golf course too difficult when you're at a resort. In other words, there's plenty of width to play this golf course. Um, over the last five years, we've taken all the data of who's won and what did they do to win this tournament. And Diane, we found out that the most important statistic... Well, there's really three that are really important that stand out. Every player's done it. One of them is scrambling. Okay. The second is putting average. And the third is greens and reg. So basically in a, in a very simple way, and this is the way tour players should think, drive it down there, keep it in between the mangrove swamp, hit the green. And if you don't, get it up and down almost 80% of the guys that have missed the greens on their chipping, they get it up and down about 80% of the time. And they putt very well this week. And that sort of formula has proven itself over and over again. So we ranked that and rated that we added in some people that are playing well, we've added in why people play good on this course. And we have a very interesting uh, set of selections this week, Diane.
1: Yeah, for sure. The other thing is, is bombing off the tee is not going to be a huge factor of importance this week. So for a lot of guys, that driver is going to be staying in the bag. Um, Brendan Todd won last year, and we talk about Brendan Todd a lot because he had the yips. His game fell to pieces. He came back and won in Bermuda, and then the following week won in Mayakoba. And um, when you look at his stats from last year, he hit sixty-two percent of fairways. 79% of greens. I mean, that is amazing. And Carlos Ortiz, who won the Houston Open just a few weeks ago, he finished in second place. 64% of fairways and 69% of the greens. So it just proves exactly what we were saying, that those are going to be important stats this week.
2: Yeah, two of those players, oh, Carlos Ortiz and Abraham Anza, it, they will be the two most famous people in Mexico this week. I'm so happy for Mexican golf fans to see Two of, the, two of the best young players on our tour are actually doing it. They, they, we've had others that have come through uh, that have been, you know, playing okay, but Carlos Ortiz breaking through. In fact, uh, when we get one of our secret golf contributors, when I first, you know, got Pat Perez to join and, and Jason Duffner, they have to invite the next one. I don't go out and invite. So then they invited Crack and Kokrak invited so-and-so. Guess who they all wanted me to get on this squad? And that was Carlos Ortiz because wow. he was so talented.
1: Um, Elk, I always see where the players stay. They always show like footage of it. And it's almost like these little hotel room huts on the water. Do you have to take a little boat to the golf course?
2: I haven't never stayed there, but those, got, those little huts are all intermingled in, in, inside the holes. Each hole here on this golf course is its own hole. The number one hole here that's been rerouted, number seven, is a par five. You've probably seen it on all their advertisements. There's a cave in the middle of the fairway. Yeah. And if you drive it down there off the first hole, it's a little bit low. I did it one time. And if you hit your second shot too low, you got right into the cave, lost ball.
1: Well, it goes back to what you said at the start that driving accuracy is going to be big. In fact, the big stats that we're looking at ranked in order of importance this week are scrambling, putting average, greens in regulation, par five birdie or better, and total driving. And then we take into consideration current form as well. And we did say that driving distance isn't going to be big this week, but driving accuracy is and keeping the ball in the fairway.
2: You know, we know that 20 under, okay, I don't think 20 under is going to win this week. Maybe more like 15 under. And there'll be some scoring done on the par fives because the the, the par fives don't play into the wind. So it, it's going to it's going to even itself out. But really and truly, the good putters, the, the guys that do miss a green and get it up and down, they're going to inch their way ahead okay. all the way on the course of the week. There's not going to be this big spread eagle this week. It's going to be get yourself in the cut Get a hot round Saturday and Sunday. I don't see someone pulling way ahead in this tournament the way it's set up right now.
1: Okay, well, talking about pulling ahead, um, the first guy that we're going to talk about in our top 10, the guy that comes out number one in our re-ranking, won by four shots in 2013. He's had two wins on the PGA Tour. They both came in 2013, but last year he finished in fifth place. His form recently has been so good. We're talking about Harris English, number one in our re-ranking this week.
2: Yeah, and there's a reason that he's ahead of Vegas hot favorite Justin Thomas is because he's put together an, an amazing rounded game. Um, you, just, you just said it, you know, when I look at his stats, I mean, w- the three that we're really focused in on is putting, chipping. You know, he's, he's got all the goods this week, Diane. He wants to win again. And the reason he's inched ahead of Justin Thomas this week is he has history on this course, winning history. So he's very um, – there's another factor that we always throw in. It's the motivation. Where are they in their game? Where are they in their life? Everyone knows on tour that Harris English is emerging. And, look, Justin Thomas, who we'll talk about in a second, who's in here at number two, he's got all the tools too. But right now, Harris English uh, grades out as, as the number one player this week
1: he's an amazing story because that guy's in his what like mid to late 30s his two wins came seven years ago just in this fall season he has won a million dollars I mean he's been just playing phenomenally well and um, total driving his 12th on the PGA Tour scrambling 27th I mean those are the important stats it's a uh, it's he's always said that he plays well on this course and that he he said that he can read the greens really well here. And the fact that he's won, combined with the way he's been playing, it's funny to think that he hasn't had a win in seven years.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that you just said there that he says he puts well on this course because these greens are really flat. Mm-hmm. And for tourists, the hardest greens for us to read, Diane, are flat ones because we always think we can read a bit more into them.
1: You did say that Vegas' favourite, Justin Thomas, comes in at number two. I mean, his odds are 13 to two. So he is favourite by a mile. current form, he's first, finishing fourth at the Masters, second before that, 12th. So he's got some amazing form, as always. We know how good he is on the greens. We know how good he is with his irons. We did say at the start, driver's not going to be a huge thing this week, but you can't see past JT.
2: No, he's he's a you know, he's I've I've always called JT a lifer. I think he's gonna be there senior tour finishes. You know, he's coached by his father. Uh, you know, he's got everything. He looked like he played terrible at the Masters and he was in fourth. Every every time we saw him on TV, Mr. Putt, and he's like so frustrated with the whole thing. But no, I think Justin Thomas will uh I, I, he doesn't have much history down here, so that's why we didn't put him at number one. But um you know he does everything good, Diane. You know that. the The question for me will be: What is? Why is JT here? And what and how motivated is he to get a late win like this? Is he down mm-hmm. there with his wife? Are they buying some furniture down at Cancun <laughs> or something? Why is JT there? I know he's playing in the father's son with his dad in two weeks, and then I know two weeks later he's going back over to Hawaii to start this whole thing again. Yeah. So, is his motivation? Does he have the foot on the gas as much as someone? like a Harris English. I'm turning the volume down a little bit on JT. I think he's gonna cruise this week a little bit, but that's just me.
1: He hasn't played here since 2014. There's another big name in the field who hasn't played since then as well and we're going to talk about him soon. But coming in at number three is the guy, you have Houston written across your chest today. He won the Houston Open just a few weeks ago. He's from Mexico. He's going to be a hometown hero heading to Mayacova this week and that is Carlos Ortiz.
2: Well, I think, you know, for him, uh, I was, as I said earlier in the show, he was so touted to me uh, as one of the great young players coming up. The golf course at Houston was um, very difficult. And what I think that does for a young player, uh, he held off Dustin Johnson at the end, gives him a lot more confidence even than he would normally get with a win because he won on a very difficult course. But, oh, this is going to be all about uh, fun and games for him this week. He will be so well received. It's a, it's, a, it's a dang shame that the the fans aren't going to be there because Mexican golf fans are the most fun people to be around. This place is a festive place. Um, it's just, everything is just awesome when you go to this tournament. And Carlos Ortiz has earned it. Um, there's, you know, he's an uh, he's emerging star.
1: Let's not forget he finished runner-up here last year, lost in a playoff to Brendan Todd. But, um, I mean, his stats are green across the board, 26th in par five birdie or better, 44th greens in regulation, 50th in scrambling on the PGA Tour, along with amazing form coming off that win. So we're, uh, we're expecting to see a fire burning in Ortiz this week.
2: Yeah, he's young, he's strong, he's got a great swing, he putts good, and his pockets are full of cash. <laughs> hey, he's what a combo. Going, <laughs> He's going home to Mexico and play in front of his home crew. I mean, what could be better?
1: Yeah. and Brooks Kepka coming in at number four last time he played was in 2014 as well missed the cut actually in his only outing around El Chameleon but finishing seventh at the Masters he finished fifth the week before at the Houston Open we were kind of doubting Kepka's form a little bit then he pulls out those two top 10 finishes Kepka's one of those guys that you look at his stats for this sh- this sorry Kepka's one of these guys, you look at his stats for this season so far, and the numbers don't reflect how well he is playing or could potentially play.
2: Well, of course, the hardest thing about handicapping golf, Diane, is you look at these stats, all the green ones are good, but then you look at some others that are all red. Well, Brooks Kepka's been red for a while, but he's everything's starting to turn back green, so it's our job to start to talk about trends and what do we think is gonna happen with Brooks Kepka? Why is he here? Uh, he doesn't have it. he won't be in Hawaii, so he's got a few things to prove, but the reason I like him here this week, Diane, is um, he has big game experience. Mm-hmm. Once he gets going, you, know, you did note that the driver, the distance is not important, but it will be a little bit this week because it's gonna be wet. So it doesn't hurt to have that extra 15 yards and the and the fairways are soft. So the ball's not going to be bouncing into the water. So I think for Kepka, um I always think of guys like him that once what do they do when they get a chance? Curtis Strange once said um when he won back-to-back US opens, he said. Um, Once you get in contentions, it's easy. It's getting into contention is the hard part, getting through Thursday and Friday to get yourself in position. And Brooks Koepka is starting to trend upward, even though this is the last event uh, of this calendar year. I got him on my radar this week a little bit, Diane.
1: And 16 months since his last win, um, he's going to be looking to stamp his place in the field at Kapalua for the start of the year. We're going through the top 10 guys in the win zone for the Mayakoba Golf Classic. We've already given you Harris English, Justin Thomas, Carlos Ortiz, and Brooks Koepka. And coming in at number five, Elk, this is a guy who is just so consistent right now. And... Um, He's had six top tens already this season. He's made seven cuts in a row. He, We had already said that scrambling is going to be, like, the most important stat this week, the one we're ranking the highest. And he's sixth on the whole PGA Tour. We're talking about Russell Henley.
2: Yeah, and the reason that we say you said that the most important stat this week is scrambling, we we squashed together 20,000 data points, uh, Diane, of the last five tournaments at this course Mm -hmm. and that the computer told us that scrambling is very important. Why is that so important? Because what does scrambling mean? So if I'm out there playing a good round of golf and I've got four or five birdies in the bag, and then I miss a green over in the bunker somewhere, when I can get that out of the bunker onto the green and make the putt, that is called a scramble. (laughs) <laughs> so the guys, that keeps your round going. If you're not playing so well and you miss a green, you make a bogey, lose that momentum, maybe you're going to miss the cut. But screen at this course is very important that we know the end score is going to be 20 under. Yeah. So we're looking for no negative momentum. And, and this kid, I call him a kid. He is a kid compared to my age, Russell Henley. His three most important stats this week, or the, the, the three that we're banking on, which they – The most important over the last five years is putting, scrambling, and greens and reg. Those three, he's number one by a mile on this list. So he hits the ball great. He's got a lot of momentum in his game right now. He's looking for another win, and he's very good at the skills required to play this course.
1: Yeah, for sure. Will Zalatoris comes in at number six. We've been big on Will for a while now, and we tipped him for you know quite a few of the events like Bermuda and Punta Cana. Will's been granted special membership for the PGA Tour. He wasn't able to play the last couple of events, but he got the call up saying that he is in the field for Mayakoba, and we've got him at number six on our list.
2: Yeah, and Will Zalatouros, what does it mean by they gave him a special exemption to the tour? Well, he was playing so well on the Corn Ferry. I think he won twice. He was by far the number one player. He came over to the US Open, Diane, that Bryson Jambo won, finished in the top five. This is just a kid. He's about this round. Yes. He came right over and finished in the top five in the US Open. So you know what the the Corn the Ferry said? Mate, you're so good, you, you, you need to go to the PGA Tour. And the reason that he got that special exemption, of course, was he made a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So Wills Alatoris is a very young man coming in off the Corn Ferry. He'll be on the tour for years to come. But already, Diane, he's well-known. He hits the ball. Uh, he's Like I said, he's a very thin guy. There's another guy on this list that we'll talk about who's about the same size. But we're seeing some big guys on the tour like Bryson Dejambé. But these guys, Wills Alatoris, could win at any moment.
1: Yeah, and uh, we talk about driving. He's 38th for total driving on the PGA Tour right now, which is amazing for being such a... He's a tall, skinny guy. He hits the ball far um, and controls it really well too. So he's at number six in our re-ranking. Coming in at number seven is um, a guy that I'm big on this week. You and I had a great um, pre-show discussion about him. (laughs) Um, Abraham Answer. So he is Mexican. So again, he's going to be a bit of a hometown hero playing Mayakoba this week he was in the final group at the Masters alongside Dustin Johnson and um, you know he played in the President's Cup last year for the uh, the international team he, his game kind of took a little bit of a dip but it's kind of resurging again I think this is my theory that after I think Abraham Atzer always been the kind of like big guy and he was almost like tipped to go and get a victory before Ortiz. Ortiz pipped him to the post. I think he's going to have a bit of a a chip on his shoulder and something that he wants to prove this week.
2: Well, you wouldn't uh, think he has a chip on his shoulder, how nice a guy he is and Uh how... Thankfully he is wherever he goes, but you're right. Abraham answer. He's kind of the older guy of the young group down there in Mexico. He only really has one club in his bag. That's not perfect. And that's his putting. We saw that a little bit at Augusta. We saw that he doesn't chip that good from a technical standpoint. I've watched him chip the ball. He'll get better at that. There's other guys that are better pitchers of the ball than him. But if you look at his stats, he doesn't have to chip the ball much. He hits the ball. His strength is iron play. He kind of has a sort of a nice languid way that he walks around the course. He's very relaxed. That's one trait, uh, Diane, that's very important on the tour, a very patient, you know, mellow kind of guy. Yeah. Look at Think Dustin Johnson, how calm and even keel he stays. Well, Abraham answer does that too. So he will be, you know, so celebrated this week with Ortiz. I, I said to you in, in our meeting before that I said if, if Dustin Thomas, uh, Brooks Kepka, and Abraham Anser were put up the board to, to pick one for the Pro-Am group, he's getting it every time is <laughs> Abraham. They're not picking They're not picking the other two big guns. He is the favourite down there.
1: Yeah, and he's got his own uh, tequila brand too. So I'm sure they're going to be having a little bit of fun with that at Mayakoba this week. Um, Coming in at number eight, this is the guy that you alluded to when you were talking about Will Zalatoris in that their body shapes are very similar. They're just like so tall and skinny and bendy. Um, Joaquin Neiman is eighth in our re-ranking. He's got one PGA Tour victory under his belt. It came last year at the Greenbrier. But the stat for me with uh, Neiman is he's ninth in total driving on the PGA Tour.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned that a minute ago, and I was going to jump in and tell you, what does ninth in total driving mean? It's a combination of distance Mm -hmm. and accuracy. We're going to go back a couple of decades, and Greg Norman, everyone says Greg Norman was the greatest driver in the ball ever. What, What was his number on total driving? He was the longest on the tour and the straightest. He was number one in that category, and he was number one in each of them. So imagine playing against a guy like Greg Norman in his prime, like I did. He's just longest and straightest. Now Bryson DeChambeau, he's longest, but not straightest. Anyway, going back to this, this kid's another super talent. It seems like this tournament's attracting a lot of these young guys that are, this kid won in uh, West Virginia last year. He wants more. He is set up green across the board. As you know, he putts good. Uh, everything's set up for Neiman. He's, he's uh He's ready.
1: Number nine in our re-ranking this week is Scott Piercy. Now, um, Scott Piercy almost could be like a dark horse pick in a way when you look at his name. His odds are 70 to one. And again, you and I had a good conversation about this because when you look at his numbers, he's got one number that is... Just so much higher than any of his and anyone else in our top 10. And it's total driving that you just talked about. 170 on the tour. However, there are reasons why we have Piercy in our wind zone this week. Is there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you want me to go into it? First of all...
2: Go ahead. You uh, you tell me.
1: Well, okay. So, current form, we've got him ranked really highly because he's playing well. He finished 18th at the RSM before that 32nd and a 14th place finish. We did say that scrambling was going to be super important this week. He's 29th on the whole PGA Tour. And when you look at all the guys that we have in our top 10, he's the third highest. So, that really pushed him up. And... Bating in mind, we're talking total driving. If he can keep the ball in the fairway and he can outperform that one stat, then he could be a good name to look at.
2: Well, I think you're right. I I think I was a little critical because it's always attitude with Piercy. He gets down on himself. Uh, But this week, the fairways are quite wide, but there's going to be some rain. So I think that little bit of a wild driver will be okay because the fairways will be softer. So Mm -hmm. you'll let some of this other talent come through. Will he be able to handle playing in rain? Will he blow up? I don't know. But I think Pearcy is a very good player. He has a big upside once he gets going. So that's why we've got him ranked at number nine.
1: Yeah, with that momentum. And coming in at number 10 is a guy whose game we know so much about. He won this tournament in 2017. He's had some brilliant finishes here since then. Last week at the, or two weeks ago at the RSM Classic, he was in contention. It was really, I thought it was going to be his and he kind of lost it a little bit towards the end, finishing tenth, but um we're talking about Patton Kazire.
2: yeah, you know we know everything about him, as you said, he's a master putter, yeah. he's almost mm-hmm. crenshaw level uh it, it, when I go out you know on tour to see these guys, I love to go watch Patton Putt. everyone can watch that tempo if he keeps that tempo with the driver like he did here a few times, he'll win the tournament that's how good that's how good he puts yeah. so. He's, he's got a very good attitude right now. He, um, he went through a really low part in his game where he seems like for Patton where he either misses a cut two, three, four weeks in a row and then he'll sort of pull out of it. And he, we've got him trending up right now. And he, once he starts to drive the ball good, um, he's, he's in good shape. But he loves this golf course mm-hmm. and he knows how to play it. As I talked about, flat greens are the hardest to read, but this man knows how to read them.
1: So to recap then our full top 10 for the Mayakoba Golf Classic the guys in the wind zone this week at number one Harris English Justin Thomas at two then we have Carlos Ortiz Brooks Kepka, Russell Henley Will Zalatoris Abraham Answer, Joaquin Neiman Scott Piercy and Patton Kazire Elk it's always a great tournament to watch and there's a we said you know there were some interesting names and you know positions that came out of our re-ranking and I think you can see that very clearly with those 10 guys
2: yeah here's some things we know about this week Diane the course is going to be wet there's going to be a little bit of wind out of the east which is going to make some of the holes a little tricky I love the Mexican boys being up there amongst all these big guns on this hometown of basically Right in their backyard. One thing I want
1: to say quickly, actually talking about that is Abraham Answer, his odds are 22 to one at the time of recording this. And I think after his performance at the Masters and playing in the final group, that would have uh, really helped with that. But Ortiz, who we have at number three, is 45 to one. So those are great odds.
2: 45 to 1 on Ortiz is great. I think he's slipped under the Vegas radar on that one.
1: So, Elk, we've gone through our top 10 guys in the wind zone. Now we're looking at Sizzlers. Now, these are the guys that when we put in the stats into the computer, they really made big jumps up our re-ranking. And some great names. The first one is Doug Gim. I love this because who's going to say, oh, my pick for this week is Doug Gim. But when you look at his numbers, they're so impressive across the board.
2: Yeah, I know a little bit about Doug Gim. I watched him play in college at the University of Texas here in Texas. And he had an unreal uh, career at Texas, but he came on tour a little quietly. But I didn't even know this, Diane, until I saw all the data that Doug Gim has quietly put together some very impressive statistics. Yeah. He's a young player that you may not have heard of, but he's got what it takes. He's, he's, he's right up there in putting, chipping, uh, scrambling. He drives it good. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And that's why he's on the sizzle list. I'm watching Doug Gim this week. I think he'll do well down there.
1: 28th for greens and regulation on the whole PGA Tour, and 36th in scrambling. The thing that I like about Gim is his current form, and he hasn't had any top 10s. However, he's quietly putting together consistency. His last three finishes, 23rd, 14th, and 18th. So,
2: he's I, hitting more greens than Kepka, Both okay. Justin Thomas. I mean, he's getting so what does that mean, hitting more greens? That means he gets more looks at birdies. Yeah. And he puts pretty good. So, you know, here we go. We got it. We're putting, we're putting we're putting our uh Doug Gim out in front of you. Let's see what he does.
1: <laughs> 80 to one. Um, our second sizzler is also 80 to one. And it's always really weird for me to talk about him because people think that I just I'm so biased, which I am, and you are too, because you love him. But again, Russell Knox my brother who has had brilliant form around this course um, he lost in a playoff to Graham McDowell he's had two other top 10 finishes since then um, he just loves it around here after talking to him last week I know how confident he's feeling heading into this week and when it comes to hitting greens seventh for greens and reg on the PGA Tour
2: yeah your brother is a grinder and uh, he sent me a picture of his swing after he missed a cut at RSM and uh, and he said, it just wasn't my week, but his swing is in really good shape right now. Your brother has done this ups and down deal, and he's definitely on the way up right now. But the reason I like Russell Knox this week a lot is because he's not that long a hitter. He And the green, the fairways are going to be soft. Mm-hmm. He can't even get it into trouble. Your yeah. brother's not like a... He's, he, he went through a patch where he was chasing distance. I've seen more carnage on this thing from guys that are trying to be like Bryson well your brother had a little look down that track about a year ago and I was very unhappy that that was going on I told you day one that that was something that worried me and we went through a terrible patch together all me and you watching your brother so but he's passed that and he's come out of it and watch out for Russell Knox because he's got a good attitude right now.
1: He just seems to have good putting days. But he knows that. We had him on the show a few weeks ago when you were off, and he said that he's been working so hard on his putting and with putting coaches. So um hopefully, you know, great feeling, great ball striking. He can put together a fantastic week in Mayakoba. The 3rd third... a,
2: a great record here. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. And the third guy, third sizzler this week, is someone who... Everyone's behind. He he played great at the RSM Classic, ended up finishing sixth, but he was really in contention from day one. We spoke about this earlier because everyone watching golf wants him to do well, but you had said the whole PGA Tour wants Camilo Vajegas to go out there and play well. His, his baby daughter passed away in July from cancer. It's heartbreaking. They've set up a foundation in her honor. A lot of the guys are still wearing their rainbow ribbons on their hats, but... His numbers this week are so good.
2: Yeah, I was there the first day that Camilo Villegas walked out of University of Florida and came on the tour, and I was one of the first guys that went over and welcomed you to the tour. He's such a nice guy. So strong, so fit. Have you? How strong is that guy, Diane? How fit?
1: Yeah, and he wears all white, and white is not the most forgiving of colours, let's be honest. So you have to be very fit to wear that
2: yeah and and as you noted already he had uh, it's, it's been a very very emotional time for the tour and and for camilo and his wife uh, but I think again we or we talk a lot about momentum on this show, and he he has to get to work he has to make a living r s m last week was a big breakthrough for him. I am riding that wave with him going into Mexico. He will have a lot of support down there, and by the way, every tour player wants him to do well too, which is hard to believe. But there it is, and we know why. But I've got some, I've got some good vibes with Camilla this week,
1: for sure. Um, greens and regulation, he hits those greens fifteenth on the whole PGA tour, um, and at RSM we just saw fantastic play in every part of his game. So. Hopefully we can see something else great from Camilo Vajegas this week. He's the third of our Sizzlers. The other two are Russell Knox and Doug Gim. Right Elk, Jay Kaplan's gonna be here soon and we're gonna talk about the guys that are moving down in the re-ranking that maybe aren't uh, the best picks. And then our dark horse picks as well. You've given me some great stories about these dark horse picks. Um, but you know what Jay's like? He's been pulling them out of the bag recently.
2: You know, uh, I am so happy with you guys doing these picks because <laughs> you are just riding the wave, you two.
1: So handing over Elk's baton now to Jay Kaplan, who's going to, well, eventually we'll get onto the dark horse picks, Jay, your forte, but we're going to start with the fizzlers here for the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Do you notice that Elk just doesn't like to say bad things about people? That's why he gives this job to you and I.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like the grim reaper of this show. It's like every time I come on, it's bad news. Um, And I do have some bad news for three of our players. But then I try to make up for it with our dark horse picks.
1: Yeah, and you've got such a great track record. Um, What I will say is if you had stuck with your first instinct for the RSM Classic and gone with Cameron Tringale as your dark horse pick, who you did say, first of all, then... um, You would have been like four for four with top five finishes, but hey.
0: Yeah, I I broke my cardinal rule, which is never go against your gut instinct Mm -hmm. when you're picking winners. And I did that, and I got burnt, and I deserve it. Although um, my guy wasn't too far off, but nevertheless, I can't even remember his name. Who I picked?
1: (laughs) Well, it's Redemption. (laughs) <laughs> right, we're going to start, these are guys, our fizzlers, who have really fallen down the re-ranking when we look at their current stats, kind of big name guys, and the first one we're going with is 19th in the world, um, he's fourth in the field rank for this week, and like we were saying earlier about Justin Thomas and Brooks Koepka, it's was, it was not a shock that he's playing, but it's like, well, why? Um, Tony Finau, who falls down to number 52 in our re-ranking this week.
0: Why he's playing, he's obviously searching for an answer because he has not been good this back half of the year. I don't really know why I'm looking at his Hundredth in driving, 129th in greens and rag, but it stands out this week, which is one of our key stats, is scrambling two hundred and fifth when he misses the green, which is death for any golfer trying to compete. We had him re ranked at fourth at a point And we kept looking at it. And sometimes we look at guys that we have ranked high and we think, that's a bit odd. This guy was hot way too high. So we docked him and he deserves it. 38th, 24th in his last couple of finishes. Tony Finau is on a downward cycle and I'm not sure he gets out of it. And I definitely know he doesn't know how he gets out of it. That's why he's in Mexico.
1: He's 16th in par five birdie or better, but driver has always been his weapon like he he can hit the ball a mile it's not going to be so important this week so seeing him at 100th in total driving you've almost got to take the distance out of it which means his accuracy is going to be worse in that sense Um, Yeah, and there's
0: there's three par fives this week not four so there's one chance he's not going to be able to score so uh this is not a good matchup between player and course
1: Okay, coming in um, our second fizzler is the defending champion, and I I hate to say anything bad about this guy because we love him, and it's been an amazing story in golf. Um, this time last year, it was at its peak, Brendan Todd, who is eighty one in our re-ranking this week, which is you know looking across the board, his numbers are like just not what you would expect. They're they're not what they were at this time last year. And his last three finishes, two miscuts and a 37th.
0: Yeah, he's struggling too. And it's from T to uh, fairway and then T to green. He can't seem to get straight with his drive. Mm -hmm. He's 167th in total driving. He's 237th greens in regulation. Mm -hmm. That's actually really hard to do, especially for a guy that's had some success, recent success. But this is a guy that, as the grim reaper of the show, it even hurts me to have him on here. The guy's come back, as Elk always says, from the playing yips, meaning his entire game was in shambles. He gets with Bradley Hughes. He writes himself. Not only does he write himself, he wins. And he starts playing well. And now something's awry. Um, Once he gets on the green, he's okay. 77th in average, 32 par 5 or better. It's just that green in regulation. And if he's not hitting the green in regulation, he's two eleven in scrambling. Mm. Right now, he's just sort of a man uh, that can't seem to find the, the putting surface.
1: What I will say for Todd is, um, and Bradley Hughes, his coach, was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he confirmed it that Brendan did break his big toe. So he played through that, and that obviously that's going to affect his balance and his power and everything else. You know, of course, you need your toe to (laughs) be able to stand tall and swing. (laughs) So maybe, to be fair to him, his stats aren't like super exact, and maybe he's on the other side of that now.
0: Well, let's hope so, and let's uh, uh, you know. As you rightfully said, as every good doctor does, the big toe matters, Diane. <laughs> it really does. Um, he might be limping around the golf course, and that might be playing into why he's struggling. Um, and maybe that has something to do with his, his T his game and his, uh, his iron game, but we'll see. Hopefully this week he does turn it around. I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to stay put. He's one of our fizzlers.
1: Okay. Um our third fizzler is a guy that had great momentum towards the end of the, the FedEx Cup playoffs for the 2019, 2020 season. He's a past FedEx Cup champion and he gave it a really good run, being the last guy in the top 30. But Billy Horschel making some big falls, he's down to number 92 in our re-ranking this week. And he has a has no green across his board. We talk about putting average and being vital this week and the greens are pretty flat but he's 254th in putting and even hitting the green 222nd for greens and reg.
0: This is a guy that you and I like. He's a smart player. He uses data to figure out strategy around each course. Data doesn't really help you when you can't hit the ball straight and your putting touch is lost. I'm looking at his numbers across the board uh, he's not very long off the tee, uh, which means his par five or better is going to be weak. His green and regulations, 222, his scramblings, 167. If anybody uh, is a disaster, it's this dude. He is a single handed mess right now. But he's the type of guy that because he's smart and he does work on his game and he seemingly plays every week all over the place. Right. I, he's, he's never not in an event. He could be a guy that might be able to fix himself during a, during a round or even an event, but it's not going to be this week. He's got a lot going on. I think this guy needs a break. He can get ready for the start of the next twenty twenty one season, which is close. So uh, he deserves to be on here with his numbers. And I don't think this would be the week he's going to turn it around.
1: Well, but, just called him a disaster. <laughs> I mean, he uh, didn't well, remember, he's. Got- so.
0: His game is a disaster, according to our numbers, for sure.
1: Time for those dark horses. Our our big picks with great odds this week that we think are definitely worth putting, as we would say in the UK, a few quid on. My guy that I'm going with, Jay, he is a past champion here. He won in 2016. But when you look at his finishes, he's had the best finishes out of the entire field for consistency. Um, A lot of top 10s. And I think that this could be a great week for him to go out there and really kind of come off the back of three miscuts. <laughs> I'm going for Pat Perez.
0: <laughs> you sounded like you were trying to talk yourself out of it.
1: No, I mean his recent his recent form is not great. However, um, he is desperate to do well. He's been working super hard. We know that because him and Elk are such good friends. And with such a good Finishes and winning memory and stuff on this course. Also, he's got Mexican blood in him, so I think he's going to have a lot of support behind him this week. And um, yeah, just good vibes for Pat Perez.
0: Vibes, blood. We yeah. hope he does well. Vibes those things blood. don't. Equal, <laughs> those do not equal to what we're looking at on the paper.
1: He's nobody to wants to.
0: I'll say that.: <laughs> uh, uh, Nobody wants him to do well more than we do, because he's so close to uh, secret Golf and Elk. But I have another guy who is also close to us. He's also a secret golf contributor. I'm going to say his name, and for those that you don't really follow the game and you're just a numbers person, you're going to think he's a cartoon character from Rocky and Bullwinkle. His name is Bronson Burgoon. That's right. Say it again out loud. Phenomenal name. One of the best on tour. He's been struggling. Okay. There's no doubt about that. His numbers say that. However, we do have some inside information that he was starting to use the down under board, which is a great creation by, by our own Bradley Hughes, uh, one of the great golf coaches out on tour and also a secret golf contributor. So then Bronson hooks up with Bradley last week. They start working on things, and lo and behold, he has his best week And who knows how long. He finished Whatever. 50, yeah. he was in contention. I'm gonna keep those good, as you say, vibes going, and I'm gonna go Dark Horse Bronson Burgoon, as you like to call it.
1: 250 to one. 250 to one. So it's not going to be about distance and hitting those bombs off the tee this week. It's really going to be about accurate golf, hitting those greens. So greens and regulation, really important, as we said. And our number one stat this week is scrambling. The guys who are going to get themselves out of trouble around the green. I told you, I loved the show this week because I just love the names that popped up. And there's so many good value picks in, well, first of all, our top 10. Um, I can't believe that Carlos Ortiz was forty five to one like to me that's an amazing value pick but with our sizzlers and our dark horses too there's plenty of names to really look out for we are running our gaming app this week as well it's the sg tour if you go into the app store and search for the sg tour then you'll find the game Um, well there's many games on the app you can create your own with your friends you can join public games you can make a private game and invite people to be part of that set the stakes set the payout structure and you're setting your four ball team now you pick four guys one from each category based on the official world golf ranking so you can do that over the, the you know pick one four ball team for the duration of the whole tournament or you can play one day games as well which is really exciting exciting especially when we get um, i love moving day and closing day like those are always good fun but if you haven't downloaded the app already then go and have a look we've got exclusive content in there as well flyovers i mean there's so much to do just go on the app store and search for the sg tour Thank you very much for listening. As always, I love doing our podcast. I love the feedback that we get from you guys week after week, especially now with our picks. As I said, this is the last full field event of 2020. So we still have the shark shootout and the father-son coming up. So we'll talk about those. And we're going to bring you our recaps of the year and maybe looking ahead to 2021 as well. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, you can do that on the in the Apple Store. Or on Spotify, Podbean, any other app or website that you use to listen to our podcast. We'd really appreciate a subscription and a little rating, if you wouldn't mind. And we'll be back with another one for you next week.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.